This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game, it's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And, and this, this is, is our, our house. house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. Back with a brand new episode. I'm your girl, Ray Ray. And I'm Breezy. And on this episode, we have an amazing interview. All of our interviews are amazing. Uh, <laughs> but this one is with Brent Wallace, who is the... Uh, who is a reporter and correspondent for TSN, and he covers the Ottawa Senators. And he shares some incredible stories about his life on the road because he travels with the team, but also some personal stories with players and some really incredible uh, looks at his life as a hockey reporter who follows the team and all the incredible stuff he's encountered it's really you're really gonna you're really in for a treat breezy what do you think yeah i mean he gives us kind of some personal um stories that you know has to do with some players that he's had more of an interaction with from that's deeper than a reporter i guess quote unquote that you would say it's more of a personal level and um just kind of shows how down to earth a lot of these guys are and how you know they're they're willing to pretty much do anything for the fans so yeah, it's uh, this is an exciting one. It's fun. Yeah. All right, life update. You go. What's up? Oh, My life's the same. It's the same. <laughs> Absolutely the same. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> and I we're got- about a week out from previous episodes, so each we record once a week. So the fact that our life has pretty much been the same week after week just kind of shows it. Uh, we get excited to record each and every week so we can talk a little bit more hockey with an outside person that we're not in the house with so (laughs) exactly I mean I'm still practicing I took a I took a practicing hockey learning I took a virtual zoom class with uh, Pavel Barber at Hey Barber he was running a a class that I took and I mean I almost quit halfway through because I didn't understand half of the drills but I kept going and I get the (laughs) reporting so I can keep practicing and my green biscuit finally came and I've got my stick and I'm just working 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 the drills but other than that you know life work stuff all that's sort of the same but not going anywhere yep yeah I uh yep that's me I working and still still chucking along on my uh photography courses and editing courses not like video editing because god save me i can't do that but (laughs) i'm sure i could actually you could yeah i could but it's okay yeah we uh we obviously talked to brent um a little bit about some fun things as a reporter what they can do so i thought it might be kind of cool to ask you uh if you can attend a stanley cup party would you go and if you did whose would you want to go to i mean it could be someone who hasn't won the cup yet maybe who has or maybe it's it's one from this past like would you go to anyone from the blues one of their parties 
I would definitely go to a Stanley Cup party if I was invited. Hundred okay. percent. I'm yep. going. I'm there. Mm -hmm. I'm dropping everything in my life and I'm going. <laughs> now, would I go to a blues though? What if I make it mandatory that you answer going to a blues? <laughs> I mean, I you'd wear a Blackhawks jersey. Never mind. No, I wouldn't wear a Blackhawks <laughs> jersey. I'm not that asshole. Um, would I go? to a blues i i would go i would go come on you, yeah. you gotta go but yeah i would whose party now whose party would i go to yes like ideal person to party with i think somebody like a brent burns would be really fun like, okay i would imagine he would throw a really fun party i feel like I we'd be shotgunning beers and hunting <laughs> yeah but i think it would be interesting and fun that'd be fun yeah i think it would be cool to go to a party out like overseas like in europe like with one of the players who are from europe and if they take the cup mm -hmm. home i think it would be really cool to see that reaction that'd be cool. um and, but again i wouldn't i wouldn't touch the cup I, I would take a yeah. picture with it, but I wouldn't, I would not touch the cup because I believe, as I've said before, that I, yeah. unless my team's won, I wouldn't. What about you? I don't this is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters. The hockey moms and hockey dads and everything else that makes this house of hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And, and this, this is, is our, our house. house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. Back with a brand new episode. I'm your girl, Ray Ray. And I'm Breezy. And on this episode, we have an amazing interview. All of our interviews are amazing. Uh, <laughs> but this one is with Brent Wallace, who is, the, uh, who is a reporter and correspondent for TSN, and he covers the Ottawa Senators. And he shares some incredible stories about his life on the road because he travels with the team, but also some personal stories with players and some really incredible uh, looks at his life as a hockey reporter who follows the team and all the incredible stuff he's encountered. It's really, you're really gonna, you're really in for a treat. Breezy, what it's do you cool. think? Yeah, I mean, he gives us kind of some personal uh, stories that, you know, has to do with some players that he's had more of an interaction with from that's deeper than a reporter, I guess, quote right. unquote, that you would say. It's more of a personal level and um, just kind of shows how down to earth a lot of these guys are and how, you know, they're, they're willing to pretty much do anything for the fans. So, yeah, it's, uh, this is an exciting one. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Life update. You go. What's up? Oh, My life's the same. It's the same. <laughs> Absolutely the same. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> and I we're got... about a week out from previous episodes. So each we record once a week. So the fact that our life has pretty much been the same week after week just kind of shows it. Uh, we get excited to record each and every week so we can 
talk a little bit more hockey with an outside person that we're not in the house with. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm still practicing. I took a, I took a practicing hockey learning. I took a virtual zoom class with uh, Pavel Barber at Hey Barber. He was running a, a class that I took and I mean, I almost quit halfway through because I didn't understand half of the drills, but I kept going and I get the recording <laughs> so I can keep practicing and my green biscuit finally came and I've got my stick and I'm just working, working, working the drills. But other than that, you know, life, uh, work stuff, all that's sort of the same, but not going anywhere. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, yep. That's me. I working and still still chucking along on my uh photography courses and editing courses not like video editing because god save me i can't do that but well, I'll <laughs> i'm sure i could it's actually okay. you could yeah i could but it's okay yeah we uh we obviously talked to brent um a little bit about some fun things as a reporter what they can do so i thought it might be kind of cool to ask you uh if you can attend a stanley cup party would you go? And if you did, whose would you want to go to? I mean, it could be someone who hasn't won the cup yet, maybe who has, or maybe it's, it's one from this past. Like, would you go to anyone from the Blues, one of their parties? I would definitely go to a Stanley Cup party if I was invited. 100%. Okay. I'm yep. going. I'm there. Mm -hmm. I'm dropping everything in my life and I'm going. <laughs> Now, would I go to a blues, though? What if I make it mandatory that you answer going to a blues? <laughs> I mean, I... You'd wear a Blackhawks jersey. Never mind. No, I wouldn't wear a Blackhawks <laughs> jersey. I'm not that asshole. Um, would I go to a blues? I, I would go. I would go. Come on. You, yeah. you gotta go. But yeah. I would... Whose party now? Whose party would I go to? Yes. Like ideal person to party with. I think somebody like a Brent Burns would be really fun. Like okay. I would imagine he would throw a really fun party. I feel I like we'd be shotgunning beers and hunting. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it would be interesting and fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. I think it would be cool to go to a party out like overseas, like in Europe, like with one of the players who are from Europe and if they take the cup mm -hmm. home, I think it would be really cool to see that reaction. That'd be cool. Um, and, but again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the cup. I, I would take a yeah. picture with it, but I wouldn't, I would not touch the cup because I believe, as I've said before, that I, yeah. unless my team's won, I wouldn't. What about you? I don't know. I don't have any like particular player in mind. I mean, I think you just, if, if somebody says, come to this player's cup party, you just fucking yeah. go. And you yeah, would have true. an amazing time. But what yeah. about you? Would you go to the blues? Same same all to you. Answer this. Um, yeah. So I would definitely go. I think that uh, Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Bennington's party looked pretty cool. Um, I feel like I'd probably want to go to his or would have gone to his if I uh, obviously had the opportunity. But obviously... I don't because I'm nobody. I'm just somebody. Um, in general, though, like, I think I have to agree with you. I think someone in, in Europe would be kind of cool to go to. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if I'd ever want to go to like a Vegas 
party. I feel like that just gets a little too rowdy. But I pro- I wouldn't probably touch the cup unless it was like my team or one of my teams. But I would definitely waterfall a beer out of the cup. Yes. I second yes. that. I would be cool. drink. I would try to drink like drink out of it maybe without touching it. I don't know. I'd have to. Really- would you like keg stand in and just like put your face in the. T- <laughs> yes. I would just. You know what? Just give me a straw. Just give me a straw and I'll put Are it in the cup. Are you a straw drinker? I, I do. I have a straw, but it's colorful and happy. Look, it's pink. Yeah. You and your it's pink. It's reusable. Pink it's straws, pink face masks. <laughs> face masks. <laughs> if you could interview anyone in the hockey world, who would you want to interview? Um, gosh. You know, I like stories. I feel like hearing people's stories are, are really cool. And someone who I think would probably have really fun stories is kind of a I wouldn't say he's a bad boy but I think he does kind of have a little bit of a reputation um he has won two Stanley Cups so he's probably got some Stanley Cup party you know vibes and I feel like he probably had some fun party days before he got married so I'm gonna say Drew Doughty oh Doughty I thought you were gonna say Brad Marchand you said Drew Doughty oh no no I mean I would also probably do Matthew Kachuk because I kind of have a little crush on him which is the polar opposite of what I should say because for Kings fans there's always like a thing between Drew and and Matthew so interesting yeah that's kind of weird I probably shouldn't have said that (laughs) that's okay no but you're right there there is a a rivalry there I think Drew would be a really good one to interview you know who I'd I would want to interview I would want to interview coach Q yeah I yeah. feel like that guy has been not just, yeah, you're like, of course, Rachel the Blackhawks no, fan no. wants to interview Q, but I think, I mean, he's the winningest coach in the NHL. He's been in this league forever. He's got, yeah. he's seen a lot. He's coached so many players and I just yeah. think he would have some interesting stories. And I, I mean, he just seems like a really cool guy to hang out with, I think. Yeah. If I had to choose a coach, he would be the coach I would want to interview for sure. Yeah, he's not a fucking player. That that's right. This question is, what player (laughs) would we want to interview? Yeah, no, it's fine. Let's see. I mean, I've had the opportunity to interview a handful of of players when I was on the red carpet at the NHL Awards in 2019, which we will get to later in this episode. Yes, we will. You're right. We will. I actually have a couple photos from that as well that we're gonna we're gonna post on Instagram. Yes. So. Yes, because that is where I met the guest for this week, which yep. is um, TSN's Brent Wallace. And he was kind enough to take a lot of those photos for me. But um, <laughs> you'll hear about that coming up in just a couple of minutes. But yeah, so that was a really interesting experience. Let me think. I'm just like scrolling through in my head players I would want to interview. You know who else would be really fun to interview huh. in general is parents. Parents yes. of players or parents of coaches. Although that's, I feel like players, parents would be more interesting uh, maybe not more interesting. I'm not trying to obviously take away from, from coaches, but just training and, and you know, kind of going up and, and raising your player to seeing them win their first game and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that'd be cool. I think 
what's it matt duchene or is it duchene mm -hmm. is that how do you how does he say it i think it's duchene duchene okay yeah. he would be a cool person to interview i because yeah. he plays music and he plays hockey and his little son from Inst like just seeing on Instagram, yeah. it looks just, he's so adorable. I want to hear stories. And his dog. Yes. His dog. Obsessed. Yes. Uh, I think he would be somebody that would be interesting to, to yeah. interview, hear his story. But yeah. Yeah. That's what I got. I don't know. I mean, I'll take anybody. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I sort of forget Breeze because it's like, when I, we're not doing the podcast and in my mm -hmm. other life, my other day job <laughs> life, I've, I've had the opportunity and I've really been really lucky to interview so many different athletes and celebrities and people mm -hmm. that I'm just fascinated with all of it. I just, I yeah. love talking to people and I don't know that I really have any like bucket list people. Yeah. I respect that. Not to I get that. Yeah, like I just I'm floored to to mm -hmm. get to interview some of these people, and even when I'm interviewing certain people, I'm just like, it takes me a minute where I have to go. Okay, you can't fangirl. You have like, yeah. <laughs> this is like that's funny. But but at the same time, like I don't I don't fan out. I'm I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to do that. I'm a professional, yeah. but it's uh, right it's it takes my brain a minute after i finish those interviews to go like oh i just interviewed ryan o'reilly who's standing yeah. with the stanley cup right in front of me that yeah. just happened and like i can't That's pretty cool compute it because in the moment i have to inter i'm interviewing him and i'm listening to yeah. him and i'm talking to him and i'm getting those questions and answers that I need. And I'm not thinking yeah. about the fact that, you know, this is Ryan O'Reilly, but uh, yeah. it's, it's a, it's an interesting mix when, when players yeah. are involved because it's, you're like, Oh, this is so cool. But then you're like, wait, I have yeah. to get my job done. So. Right. Which is kind of like a benefit for you. Cause you always, this is your, your day job is interviewing people. And you feel like you're so good at like keeping your composure when you're around people that, yeah. Most people like me, like I don't really get starstruck or anything like that. Like I, I kind of look at people as being just like everybody else, but I feel like I obviously I'm very introverted. So like when it comes to things, I'm just like, I'm just so quiet. So like, you're good about that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I had to learn quickly at a, you know, they're just people and my job yeah. is more, you know, that's the priority. The priority is to ask some questions, get the stories, get them to talk mm -hmm. to me and not just give me the Jordan Bennington answer of yeah or no, you know, right. and he, yeah. it, uh, got to get <laughs> a little, that. <laughs> you got to get a little more out of them. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, but I, I love it. I mean, I love what I do. I love talking to people, anybody, not mm -hmm. even, not just the famous people i've interviewed i mean like thousands of people over the years and yeah people who aren't famous are just as interesting to me and right. it's it's uh it's just what i love to do so any yeah. nhl players listening come on yeah. the podcast so we have something really cool so we have a contest going on with our podcast network the hockey podcast network 
where if you buy a jersey through cool 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 hot we're starting over <laughs> this is a nightmare okay this i might i was so hungry and the food is i ate and it's yeah. just it's like just kicking in and my energy is just coming back up go ahead okay i'll start again should i just go off i'll go off the script just read <clears throat> the script yeah Cool. So we have a contest going on with coolhockey.com. So if you're a jersey lover and you need an excuse to buy a new jersey, winning a cool hockey gift card should be reason enough. So from now, May 1st to June 1st, any jersey purchased through our link will automatically enter you into a draw to win a $175 gift card from coolhockey.com. So all you have to do is go to coolhockey.com slash THPN, and that is THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. You buy a jersey that you probably should already have by now, but if not, it's totally cool. You can get it now. We will also give you 75% off of your order using the code THPN. So once you buy your jersey on coolhockey.com forward slash THPN, use the code THPN, let us know once you buy it. Shoot us a little message on Twitter, DM, whatever you want to do. Let us know that you purchased. We will match up your name with your purchase and enter you into the live draw that will be announced on June 6th. And that's all you got to do. Just buy a jersey. Before June 1st, you have a shot at winning a $175 gift card. And if we notice that there are 10 orders before May 15th, we will actually make that gift card $200. So Go get yourself a jersey, use code THPN for 35, or sorry, 30% off, which is about $75 off of your jersey at coolhockey.com slash THPN, and hopefully you can win 175 bucks, if not 200 bucks. So I think, uh, I think I'm actually going to take part of this deal, and I'm going to go buy myself a jersey. So What are you going to get? I don't know. Who should I get? I don't know. Who are you, who are you missing in your collection? Well... See, my problem is that I want to get a jersey at the actual arena that I visit. So I don't know who I'd want to get. Maybe I get a blank one. Yeah. I mean, I only have one. I, I, I feel think like you need to get one. I feel like I need to get one. I feel like I need to get one. I, I like the, I like just like the red Blackhawks jersey or um, if they yeah. have throwbacks, I, I like the throwback jerseys, a but throwback I don't want to be good. Yeah, I don't like I don't like picking a name. I I don't know. Maybe I should have like, maybe I should just get a cane like a Patrick Kane jersey just to have because that's yeah. wicked cool to have just right. like a when he played, he's a legend. He yep. only played for the Blackhawks, like you know, <laughs> at least for, for as of today and for the next yep. two or three years. But I think right. I think I should invest in that and have that. That's the I one think I you would should. get. So go to coolhockey.com forward slash THPN. Again, that's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network and use code THPN to get 30% off. So yeah. take advantage up until uh, June 1st. And we'll post all of this on our social media. If you're like, what are the rules? What do I have to do? what they say? Uh, we'll make sure to post on our story or somewhere on our Instagram and our Facebook and our Twitter, all the rules of how to enter. Yep. We are starting a new segment here on the podcast where we really want to hear from you, 
hockey fans and hear your best or most memorable story of interacting with an NHL player, either past or present. And here is the first one. Uh, Hello, my name is uh, Patrick Hoffman, and I am calling you guys to tell you a story about Mike Richter with the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, You know, the story happened about 25 years ago. Uh, My dad was working then for head coach Colin Campbell, and Campbell invited my dad and I to go on a road trip with the Rangers to uh, Montreal to see the Rangers and Habs play back in, uh, I think, March of 1995. So at the time, uh, Mike Richter, he was my favorite player. Um, He was my idol. You know, I was a goalie. He was a goalie. So it makes perfect sense. Now, up until that point, um, I was having trouble stopping penalty shots. Sure, I was only 0 for 2, but I needed to fix it. So while in the airport, I saw um, Richter, you know, like a duty-free shop looking at a magazine. So I went up to him, and I introduced myself and told him that I was having trouble stopping penalty shots and a little bit of trouble stopping breakaways. So what he did absolutely amazed me. He took three candy bars. He took two for the net, two little three musketeer bars. He took a Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup as the uh, as the goalie, and he took some other piece of uh, candy bar to show it as the forward coming in on the goalie. He then showed me how to stop a penalty shot using all these candy bars. And since then, I have not allowed a goal on a penalty shot, and I would say, you know, my breakaway percentage is probably in the 90s, um, all because of how Mike Richter told me how to come out aggressive how to wait for the shooter to make his move. And it's, you know, it's something I will absolutely never forget. What a great story. And we know there are so many other amazing stories out there of fans like you interacting with NHL players, either past or present. And if you have a story that you want to share with us here on the podcast, we would love to hear it. You can just call our phone number 323 438 2648. Again, 323 438 2648. State your name, state the NHL player and the team they play for, and then tell us the story in your own words in five minutes or less. And that's it. We've got a real NHL hockey insider joining the podcast. Welcome, Brent Wallace, the Ottawa Bureau reporter for TSN's Sports Center. Does it go da 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 there? It does. It's the same music. It's fantastic. (laughs) It is Canada's number one sports news and information program. And Brent's been covering the sports scene there for 22 years. Is that right, Brent? Yeah. August 98. I think was the first day I was hired here. Amazing. Well, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm glad. On the West Coast. Yeah, I'm glad they allowed you to do interviews with us. (laughs) I don't have a whole lot to do right now, Rachel. (laughs) Well, before we jump into the questions and, and have you talk all about the Sens and all all of the hockey things and everything that's going on currently, uh, do you want, I want you to tell the story from your perspective of how you and I met. <laughs> I want to hear your perspective on oh. what went down. Wow. Okay. I got to think about this. This might be the toughest question I've had in years. <laughs> um, we met on the red carpet at the NHL Awards. Uh I was standing next to you. I, and then I just think I helped you out and ended up taking pictures when you were doing interviews so you could post them on social media. <laughs> yes. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. You were so nice. And that's, 
not, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. I've been on red carpets before and not all of the reporters who stand next to each other are very friendly or very nice for that matter. And you were very nice and made sure to send some of the players over to me that you knew. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate that because there's some people. Uh, uh, Sorry, here's why you were so excited to be there. (laughs) I was and, so excited. And, and I have covered it every year uh, that it's been in Vegas. And I, I don't know if that's 10 years or not. It's somewhere around there. And so I'm a little jaded. Same guys you just saw last week win the Stanley Cup, all that stuff. But you were genuinely like, this is so cool. I love it. And I love your enthusiasm for it. I was like, I'll do whatever I can to help you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was so excited. <laughs> it's like a little embarrassing, but it was like a a little kid at Christmas just to be like, oh my God, oh my God. And like to just be in that world was so exciting for me. So thanks. Ah, You're very welcome. I'd do it anytime. Thanks. Well, all right. Well, let's start then with just the current state of affairs with the team and the players and it's official. Everybody is recovered from COVID-19, the virus, right? All five and one of the members of the staff, right? What's the update? What can you tell us? We're very happy to hear that everyone's okay. Yeah, for sure. And that's what comes out of all this is that everybody so far is what they tell us is fully recovered or at least on their way to being fully recovered. Uh, There is five players, none of them being named, one staff member. There's also one broadcaster who was on that trip as well, Gord Wilson from TSN 1200 Radio, who also contracted COVID-19. He's struggling a bit more than the other guys, but he is starting to come around. And so he kind of gets left off because he's not a member of the organization. So whenever they talk about the organization, they don't mention him. But really, it's seven people that went on that trip, and they have pinned it back to San Jose somehow, some way that it was when they con- they contracted it there. And so uh, definitely good news to see. And, of course, it just seems typical the Ottawa Senators, the way things have gone, that they would come down with this. I mean, it's just one thing after another with this organization. And, unfortunately, this is one of the latest. Yeah. And you, the team was in L.A. That was, what, the March 11th when they played the Kings. That was one of the final uh, game – was the final game, right, yeah. to be played in the league. So how – like – what does your broadcaster life currently look like now since you were you were on the road with the team, but you're now obviously not on the road and you're safe and you're healthy and all of that, right? You're looking at what I do right now. Just <laughs> We've now set up, all the reporters for TSN have set up offices with, we do Zooms and all the interviews through, obviously through our computers or laptops or whatever it is. And so right. this has now become, on the side though, I think I've painted seven rooms of my house. Uh, I've cleaned everything. I've done a garage twice. Like I need to get back to work to slow down a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's allowing for all of us to do stuff right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, I, I'm, and it's unfortunate because it's a, obviously a scary situation, and we can only do our little bit of a part in all this. But really, it's it's certainly thrown obviously a, a wrench into everything of what we do normally and how it's affected all our daily lives. I, I mean, what was life before all of this happened? I mean, what was the kind of day in the life of, of you as a reporter? Uh, that's a good question, Breezy. Uh, let me try and think here. Um, if it's game day, it would be like practice is at 10.30 a.m. So you're up at, I don't know, 7, 8 o'clock to try and find out what's going on as you go in there and think of your storylines. And then it's full game or a full morning skate. Then it's do your stuff from then. And then it's the game and the broadcast and all that. And then so it's like a 16-hour day, I think. Um, wow. 
and now it's it's trying to line up interviews and do a couple of interviews a day and so it's certainly slowed down but now we need to find a way to generate more content because obviously there's nothing going on and so we try daily to try and talk to players or even different team, different sports different teams whatever we can find to try and fill some content here at sports center had gone off the air for i'm not sure if it was a week something like that and we just recently come back up on uh Monday, April 6th. And so now we're trying to fill a half hour sports show every day, which is obviously a challenge when there isn't any sporting events going on. Right. Jeez, that's crazy. Do you have a favorite part about being a reporter? Oh, so good question. As, as Rachel said, it's been 22 years of doing TSN. So you get a little jaded and you take it for granted sometimes. And so this has been a pretty good reset. I love the travel. Um, and sometimes it gets crazy and hectic and you get delayed and all that stuff, but really, uh, those are some pretty first world problems. And so I love, I love flying. I don't have any idea what's going to happen that day. It seems like every flight <laughs> I'm on gets delayed. And so uh, that part I enjoy. I don't have an office. Well, I do now, but I don't, yeah. didn't have an office. It would be whatever the facility was, or whatever sporting event we'd be at. And so that I liked of my office would be where we're at and whatever we're doing that day. So that's probably the best part. Yeah. Do you have a favorite spot to, to travel to? Ooh. Just firing them off right now. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Good. I should probably have done some prep work. Um, I, Europe. I, I've I've had a chance to do a, a three or four world championships, and I've done an Olympics in London and uh, a world junior in Ufa, Russia, which is probably the craziest place I've ever been. Uh, okay. But I I love Europe. So I and I was disappointed because this year I was supposed to go back and do uh, the world championships again in Switzerland, and so you get to spend a month. In spring in Europe, it's, I mean, it's fantastic. There's really no complaints. And they were supposed to do training camp for Team Canada in London. So I was looking mm-hmm. forward to going back there. But Europe is probably my favorite. If I had to pick a city, I really liked London when I did the Olympics there. So I'm going to probably say London. Okay. I now, if it's North way. America, do you want me to pick a North American venue where we go to the most? I love Nashville. As, I, as most people, I think, do when they get to only go there for a couple of days and they really enjoy it. I, Nashville is a pretty good one to me. New York is obviously pretty good, but yeah. uh, Nashville, I try to make sure I get on every trip. Yeah, it's a fun time out there. <laughs> Breezy loves. Heard. I mean, I'm always in my hotel room, but I've heard yeah. it's really good time there. Yeah, Breezy it's a good loves time. Nashville. Oh, it's how do you know? It? Yeah. It's my favorite city ever. It's great. <laughs> what you like casually mentioned Russia. Can we go back to Russia and like, yeah. can you give us some insight on what the heck that life really is like? I, and like, just tell us all the Russia things. So, so it was Ufa, Russia, which was, I think it's a 13 hour difference between Eastern Canada and uh, where we were. And so um, it was like a five hours east of Moscow. It was, it was real Russia to me. And so uh, the one of the things I noticed when we got to the airport, like it was small, it was really weird. It was very, it felt very cold war, warish to me in that kind of sense. Um, it was a beautiful countryside, but the city was kind of, it just felt like it was still stuck in the 1980s or whatever. And uh, there was security in all our hotel rooms because all our hotels, because they weren't sure of all the other people from that area trying to get into our hotels as opposed to security for us to behave ourselves. Um, it was a lot of dance music every morning in our hotel lobby. Uh, I do remember that. Um, like just 
Yeah. Like, so that, well, they, uh, they redid uh. the hotel lobby because they needed, they wanted to make sure we had a 24 hour bar in the lobby. Uh, apparently we, we all it's come important. with some pretty reputations. Anyway, <laughs> they recalled it, like they renamed it the McScrooge bar and it was all done in American US dollar bills uh, as the wallpaper. And it just played 24 hours of dance music. So that was a good time. Um, I had a cop, I believe there was a police officer that picked me up one time to drive me to the rink because we were just walking along. He was very nice, but uh, I handed him his revolver. I think it was sitting in the back seat. I was just like, would you like to have this kind of things? But it was a really good, I, I loved it because it was so different. Um, yeah. And I would never change it. I would love to go back there it's just because it's so different, but I, it's, it's a good time. So do you get to like, you t you were telling before about your sort of routine as a reporter when you're on the road with with the team. Now you go to warm ups. You're you have locker room access. Like, what's that relationship like with the players that you develop? Because like you were saying, you have to get storylines. Like you and I know what this life is like as a reporter and 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 how that all works. But a lot of people are really unfamiliar with like what do we actually do as reporters <laughs> and like content creators and stuff like that? So tell us how that sort of evolves and how the relationships build and, and how you, you know, handle having to ask some tough questions to some of the players. Good question. Cause it's changed a lot. It used to be social media has changed everything drastically. And it's actually made probably our jobs a lot harder than they used to be because they would used to be they would open up the locker room and there'd be everybody just sitting there and you could go over and sit next to a guy and have a chat or discuss whatever you needed to. Mm -hmm. Now you go in the locker room and there may be three or four guys there or you have to request a guy to come out and then all the media that's there just assemble around the one guy and then the guy leaves. And so you never really get a chance to have a whole lot of conversations. You do on, on some days when there's not a lot of media around and it's a Sunday and they're just practicing and there's not many guys to show up, you get to have a chat. But it's tough to develop as many kind of relationships as you used to have back. I'll call them the old days. You two are too young for this. Um, that you would be able just to chill and, and be able to have conversations and you get to know the people. And like, I remember, you know, I've talked to a few parents all the time and you know them. And so you end up knowing the entire families by the end of it. But uh, players, it seems a change a lot more frequently in their teams and B don't want to say anything because of social media and I don't blame them. Uh, yeah. And so you don't see them out at bars as often. Um, like I, I don't mean to tell stories out of school and I probably shouldn't, but there was one night that uh, my friend of mine are downtown and we run into a couple of players who we know and we all end up being um, enjoying the night. And uh, I remember calling my now wife, but my girlfriend at the time who was actually covering the team as well for Canadian Press. And she came and picked us up. And so all of us are in the car and she's now mad because I didn't tell her that. They were coming in the car and we we're just trying to get them back home and stuff. But we have those kind of nights where you get to spend them, but it's very few and far between like it used to yeah. be. Would you say that's probably your most memorable story or is there another one that you could oh. share with us? Memorable yeah. that I can share. What can you share? Like funny, something interesting with a player, um, funny road story. It could be funny. It doesn't have to be, you know. I may have to get back been, to you. Um, yeah. There's been a, like, there's probably been a few times. I, I My first year I covered uh, the Montreal Canadiens for global TV before I went to TSN. And I remember going out one night um, with a member of the staff and we were in Buffalo, actually, of all places. And it was one of my first road trips. Anyway, I was, um, I had enjoyed a few extra, I've been imbibed, I think the word is. Um, 
Adult and beverages. I, right. I just remember um, a couple of other players being out and, and how they were handling the situation they were in um, with perhaps females. Uh, so uh, we had a good talk about that after. I, I don't know. I Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can move on. That's just fine. Yeah. Yes. None I of these mean, players are still in the league anymore, so we're good. It's fine. But still, I mean, that's like a normal thing. We're, they're humans. Yeah, they're players. But like... Yeah. They still like how do they meet their girlfriends and wives like you've got to go out you've got to be social you've got to have conversations with ladies this is all very normal you're not speaking out yeah no if it wasn't a player it would be not that the whole story wouldn't matter right but it, i just remember yeah. at that moment going so this is how the nhl works that was what <laughs> I, I was my welcome to the nhl moment actually that's funny well speaking of memorable moments um you interviewed bobby ryan after his hat trick from returning back to the team how was that Ah, what I didn't know I was going to get through that interview, to be honest with you. And so um, I had known Bobby, uh, ever, well, obviously, ever since he joined Ottawa. But uh, on a side note that no one really knows is that my kid, his name is Ryan. And when Bobby came to Ottawa, I'll try to make this quick. When Bobby came to Ottawa, it was June just before or just after. Sorry, it was July 1st or whatever, free agent day. Uh, my kid turned six on the 29th and we made him an Ottawa Senator cake on June 29th. And it said, Ryan, number six. And then Bobby comes a week later, he signs and now he's wearing number six and he has a Ryan number six. So this okay. is the tie and I'm getting to the point. So, um, it's a podcast. Bobby, this is a, it's a podcast. This isn't TV. You can take <laughs> as long as you want to tell your right. story. <laughs> okay. So I told Bobby, I'm like, Oh, actually we had a Bobby Ryan Jersey before you even had one. And so I told him why and, uh, he ended up meeting my son and they became kind of friends. Like they knew each other and my son would always draw him, draw him uh, notes to say, good luck tonight. And I would hand them to him quietly. Um, and I didn't think I'm like, Bobby, you can throw these out. I don't care. I just, I needed to make sure I deliver them because I told my kid I would, I didn't want to lie to him. And so <laughs> couple, I don't know if it was a year later or whatever, I met his wife at a game and she's like, Oh, you're Ryan's dad. And I'm like, sorry. Just we put those up on the fridge. And so I'd always had, right? So I've always had a, t a soft spot for Bobby in that I knew his background beforehand, but he's always been so good to me and he's been very good to my son. And there's a picture of the two of them in my, his bedroom. And so that, and then obviously when Bobby left, it was tough. And then that time when he came back, I knew it what he had battled through because we had talked be in between when he had left and when he came back from rehab. And so, uh, I knew it was going to be, and I, and I, I'll give you a hint and I don't tell us to, I, I don't usually have my questions prepared and you can probably tell now if you watch my interviews of how not good they are, but uh, my question, so I, it's always on the fly. And I knew when I got through the first one and he said something to the effect that I owe this to my, Oh, I just wanted my wife to say she was proud of me. And I, I right there, I, I, I choked up. And so you, if you listen to it, you can hear the next one and I'm barely able to try to get through it. And so I managed to get through it, which I'm shocked. Um, and I'll never, obviously never forget that interview, but I, that was all because of Bobby. That had nothing to do with me. It was just, that was the pure emotion of a player who didn't give you a cliche, gave you an honest answer and was as pure and as open as he could be in that situation. Wow. That's incredible. What a guy. That's, that's the long winded version. Sorry. I love no. that. No, that's a great story. And but, it deserves so It goes back to um, when you talked about building relationships, it is, like you don't get to do that as often, 
but that's one where you you got a chance to build a relationship outside of hockey where it became more important or more more emotional because of it uh in an interview yeah he's a he's an incredible guy we heard a story from one of our previous guests as a she's just a fan and he remembered her uh, she met him at like a charity event and then, you know, months or a year later, he saw her again and was like, hey, Chris, and it just meant the world to her. And I know how much, you know, there's so much good and bad that comes with being a, an, an NHL player and a, a celebrity and a professional, um, you know, somebody in the spotlight. But I think hockey guys in general handle it so well and they really are down to earth and i think that story you shared just really proves that would, would you agree with yeah. with that statement I, I mean i really like hockey players in general they're my favorite they're probably my favorite athletes amateur athletes by far are the best of all but i mean pro athletes hockey players are probably my favorite um one is their salary structure is a lot less than the yes. other guys that's a big part of it but the other part is a lot of small towns in the middle of nowhere where they've had to been brought up in a very parent parent oriented type of uh, family where they seem to are pretty good that way. Um, and, I, and I think back to like, Bobby's had a pretty tough upbringing, but he's always been straight. Like if anybody could hide or wanted to hide, it would be Bobby Ryan. And, and he was always, and he always has been straightforward and says, this is what's going on. Uh, I, he somehow can't seem to be able to tell me anything that's not actually true. Uh, and he doesn't sugarcoat it, which is very good. And it's very rare for a player to do. And so that's one thing I do appreciate. And, and I just remembered a point you brought up earlier. You asked, how do you handle tough questions? Mm -hmm. And so Bobby's an exa a perfect example. And there's been others throughout. If I ever had a tough question and I knew the player enough, um, I would go and I would start by saying, listen, before we start this conversation, I need to ask you this question. I just need to ask it. You can choose not to answer it or you can turn and walk away now. And it could be anything, but I just don't want to ever make them uncomfortable on camera. And I've always told them that. So they've always seemed to be able to respect that I would never come over the top with a question that was unfair if it wasn't told beforehand. And I, I just, whether that's right or wrong, because people be like, oh, you're setting them up. I have to go in that locker room every day to talk to people and I have no desire to try and be the guy that's like, Oh, what a great question you asked. You really showed him. I'm not a gotcha kind of reporter type. No, I, I agree with that. I think that makes it even harder to build relationships with people. Yep. And yeah, maybe it makes for some gossipy content and you become, you know, a flash in the pan as yep. far as, you know, an internet sensation, but that's not the, that's not the longevity. And that's not why you're in this. Field. That's not why I'm in this field. And I don't think that's why you're in this field, you know? And uh, Brent, the other thing I was going to say, what I noticed when we were on the red carpet at the NHL awards um, in 2019, the players who you do know, because you've interviewed them over the years, they all came up to you and asked you, how's your family? How's everything going? Before you could even ask them about how they are, their first question was like, what's happening with you? Everything good? And I was blown away by that because I think that just speaks even more volume to the character of, of some of these guys, of all these guys. Yeah, and it and I, it makes me a bit uncomfortable because I never want 
people to think that, oh, you're a fanboy or any of that stuff. And so I try to keep all that stuff privately quiet or whatever. And so, um, and at the end of the day, we're likely to these guys not going to be friends. Um, and, I, and I don't mean that in a harsh way. Uh, it's just the reality of the business where one day I could ask you a question, you could be upset about it for me. And, or you, as soon as you're gone from this city, we don't have that converse or that connection anymore. And so you've now moved on and we don't, we're just not going to be friends based on how we, uh, how our jobs operate, which is, mm -hmm. and I don't have any ill will for that. Like Mike Fisher and I still talk. Um, and he plays in that or he played Nashville, whatever. But um, for the most part, it's just, we're just acquaintances or business partners, if you will, for lack mm -hmm. of a better term, but they are, uh, they do actually care for the most part about how things are going or they will check in occasionally to see how you're doing. So for those players that we built relationships over it, it, it is good. Like I, I get to say that, yeah, Sidney Crosby is great with me and knows who I am and we've had lots of conversations. And so, but we're never at the end of the day going to be hanging out at a bar together, drinking whiskey. Correct. <laughs> but wait, right. before Breezy goes, I have to say, so are you saying that I am one degree of separation away from Carrie Underwood? I'll yes. I'll give you a story, actually. <laughs> Please. So here's, here's my Carrie Underwood connection story. So um, I, I always like to say I don't like to ask for autographs. And I just oh, I told you I have a Bobby Ryan autograph for my kid. Um, however. <laughs> that's a different, that's different. That's got a and, much deeper story there. Yeah. And so... And my kid has a couple of other things signed by senators. And my daughter was very disappointed. And she became a Penguin fan because I spent so much time covering the Penguins in the playoffs. So I got, uh, I went to their PR person. I'll get back to Carrie Underwood once I, I got their PR person to, um, I said, listen, I have a picture. My daughter doesn't have anything signed and she'd like to have a Sidney Crosby picture signed. And, was, and he's like, just leave it with me. And, uh, and I'm like, we don't ever have to have this conversation because I know I can get fired or lose my pass for this. So anyway, <laughs> he, um, he's this penguins lost that night in Ottawa. I think it was bad. Anyway, all of a sudden the PR guy goes, Brent, Brent, what is your daughter's name? And I was like, it's Brooke. And so, uh, Sydney wanted to make sure it was autographed to her. And so I come back later and it says to Brooke, Sydney Crosby. Anyway, now my kid, my boy is terribly jealous that he doesn't have a Sydney Crosby picture and my daughter who doesn't play hockey now has one hanging in the room. Anyway, <laughs> back to Carrie Underwood. So my wife, as I mentioned, writes for Canadian Press, but she also used to write Mike Fisher's website for him. Anyway, so they would talk all the time on the phone and he, Mike would actually talk to my boy about hockey. And so my boy wears number 12 because of Mike Fisher. So Mike has always been very good. He's one of those genuinely really good people in life. So it's my daughter's birthday. I don't know what year it is. He's playing in Nashville. So, um, and, uh, and it's not her birthday, it's Christmas. And I wanted to be the cool dad. So she's got tickets to Carrie Underwood, the concert's in Ottawa, and we're going to give that to her as a Christmas gift. And so I just happened to mention, I'm like, Mike, do you think I could get a CD sign? And um, <laughs> so I brought the CD to practice one day because we were going to Nashville. And he goes, Brent, I think I can get you a CD. I'm like, well, no, no, I don't want to pay for the CD. I don't pay. I just, can you just quickly, I don't know, forge it? I don't care. Anyway, he came back with my daughter. Um, and so I was, I won Christmas that year or maybe Santa did. Um, but <laughs> I thought that was, uh, yeah, he was very good. So anyway, so my wife has met Carrie Underwood, uh, 
but I, I just have the side CD. Oh my gosh. I adore her. I went to, um, I was in Nashville. My brother lives in Nashville and I was there and I visited him and he, we ended up going to, um, a Keith Urban concert and I was like thrilled. I was having a blast. And then the one song they, they do together, um, the fighter right and it comes on and i'm like i love this song and then i was like oh, it's Andrade. like she came out on the stage and i was like hitting my brother like i couldn't believe it was her and i was like this is it's Andrade. and he's like yeah i'm like oh my god like she's just got something special about her anyway sorry i fangirled for a moment but i'm not all gathered she's a kind of a big deal that's funny well, while we're on the uh, the Mike Fisher talk, he obviously spent quite a few years in in Ottawa. Um, there was a story that he, when he first came back, the Senators actually booed him pretty bad. Um, obviously, it was only probably one night, but how would you describe, you know, Senators fans? And were you at the game where he was booed? And how are they now? I was, and I'm going to apologize, Breezy. I don't remember that happening. Oh, that's right. Now. You could very well be right because there's lots of stuff that I don't remember anymore, uh, <laughs> which is a bit of an issue for me sometimes. However, uh, I that's a, I don't remember that. I do know that he was he loved and revered and still is in this city. Um, yeah. Even when he briefly comes back, uh, Mike Fisher was, and then we and I recently just had to pick an all-time team, which included the 1800s and early 1900s Ottawa Senators, and Mike Fisher was on my team for that group because of. Uh, what he meant to the city. So uh, he's continue and continues to be uh, a highly respected guy in this, in this city for sure. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that he, it was either he was booed at the game or I think even Carrie said that like they tried to go to like the grocery store or oh, something. And he that was... might be because fans got upset with Carrie because they thought Carrie took it's, Mike Fisher. Yeah. And so fans kind of railed against her a little saying, how dare you take Mike Fisher because he's our second line. <laughs> we love him and he's good looking and he's a great hockey player. Yeah. And so that I do remember that. They were not happy with her. That is for sure. Okay, maybe that's a story. Maybe I got it mixed up, but obviously doesn't have anything in your reflection on on Sin's the Sin's army. But how would you describe, you know, uh, an Ottawa game and, and how the fans are? Are there any cool traditions or any fun chants or anything like that? So Ottawa fans get a really tough go across the board and partially because of the way the ticket sales are at the moment and how they aren't selling out. And that has a lot more to do with stuff off the ice than it does on it. This team will always be supported uh, by these, by this group. They just want different leadership at the top. And there's been so much turmoil gone on through this organization that the fans have now just said, I've had enough unless there's some change we don't want to put our money anywhere near this organization. So they're getting a bad rap because people don't think they want to support the team. And I don't think that's fair. Now there's a couple of issues why there's attendance. And we could talk about this for hours is um, a big part is the Ottawa senators have the biggest walk-up crowd in the entire national hockey league because they, uh, the biggest um, employer in this city is the federal government. Well, the federal Mm -hmm. government can't give tickets and can't receive tickets. So none of these people can get, you know, when your boss goes, hey, I got tickets for tonight's game. Well, the hundreds of thousands of people that work here in the federal government can't get tickets that way or can't, as a uh, other company, you can't give them to the federal government, all that stuff. Yeah. So they have the biggest walk-up crowd in the entire National Hockey League. 
And they've had a pay system with the federal government, which has kept people from getting paid for two years, which is a whole other story, but it's affected the way people have gotten paid here in this city. So aside from all that, the fans, when they are in this building or in, I guess, this building would be a little smaller since my house not all <laughs> out here. Uh, when they're at the Canadian Tire Center, they are allowed. There's, they don't have a lot of, I guess, traditions, if you will. When Daniel Alfredson was playing in his last season, I thought one of the best one was when the clock went to 11-11 each period, they would chant mm-hmm. his name. Um, and so that That's one was cool. always pretty cool. Uh, and they did it when he came back, when there's one game back with Detroit, uh, they still mm-hmm. chanted. Um, I'm going to try and think. I, I think that might be one of the few that they've had. Um, it's a it's a group that likes to cheer when they have to, but they also want to watch the game and they'll yell at the guy in front to sit down. So um, <laughs> they're a bit of both. But I do I, I, I think fans here are, are very good. They support this team. They, they really buy in because it's the only – professional sports team is in this city. And so I shouldn't say that they do have this, the red blacks here as well, the CFL team, but the red blacks hadn't been around for a long time. I think it was a decade uh, until they brought the CFL back. And so it had been the only thing here and people are all in with this hockey team. They do love it. And so I hope for better days ahead with this organization. I hope that perhaps they turn around on the ice, but more importantly, do you know if they, or have you seen that they travel well? I mean, is there like a specific arena that they, no, kind of you know what? That's a good. It's a good point by you because like Buffalo fans are here in flock. I think almost every game. Toronto right. fills the building. Montreal does the same. Um, yeah. I Ottawa doesn't have that kind of uh, super fan base that travels very often. They do go to games to here and there. Toronto, Montreal, but um, for the most part, no, you you don't get. And I love Buffalo fans. The only reason I bring them up because they have those hats with the blue horns, and so yeah. those are some of my. <laughs> favorite people to see and 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 it seems like because the ticket sales are so bad here every team that comes through has got thousands of fans in this right. building on a nightly basis so one it actually Crazy. makes the atmosphere better when you cheer for both teams um yeah. and so it, <laughs> it's a little different here it's it's certainly a challenge for people to try and sell tickets well let's talk yeah let's talk a little bit about the team let's let's talk some actual ice <laughs> some hockey play um they didn't uh you know they didn't end or whatever the pause since the pause of the season they're what 30 of 31 not you know high up but lots of changes coming so talk about uh the future of the team the coach just had a a presser or well i don't what do we call them now a zoomer a zoomer uh, (laughs) like we don't have like zoomies but i don't think that that's gonna catch on um so yeah, I I know you're. They had a video chat, I guess. Right. I, did anyway. you attend that? Like, how does I that did. work? I did. Do you get to ask questions or do no. they mute you? You can they, just watch. You submit questions and then they ask. Oh. So that's not a real presser. That's a that's a. No, anyway. but I, I will say I'm trying to think here. They didn't hide like um, they did. Mark Borowiecki yesterday, and one of the questions was that I had submitted was. Do you think you played your final game as an Ottawa Senator because he's unrestricted free agent at the end of the year? And Mark, if you don't know, he's from Ottawa and he bleached for this team and and he's very well liked in this in this city. So well, yeah, he uh, stops crimes and hunt, yeah, you know yeah, all kinds right. of stuff. He's a real life superhero. So how do you not cheer for that guy? Anyway, uh, they did ask that question, so I, I'm not sure that they filtered too many of them out. Um, but it is weird to to try and write questions that get the same kind of tone as opposed to asking them anyway. So, so DJ Smith, the coach did have his zoomy. Um, I'm going to make it work. I'm, it's going to be like fetch. We're going to make it happen. 
Yeah, like Brexit. <laughs> no one would have thought Brexit would have worked, right? So maybe Zoom you that. Anyway, moving on. So uh, th this team is a, is mentally a whole different group. I think just based on the way DJ Smith has come in and said, we are going to change the way that we approach games. And it's a whole different kind of buy-in uh, mentality, if you will, that if you're not ready to play every night, you're not going to play. So that was number one. Now they need personnel. And so no one expected this group to be very good this year, um, except perhaps the players who kept trying to lie to us saying, no, no, just watch, we're going to be good. Nobody thought they were going to be good. And in the end, they weren't very good. Um, but they did play every night. They were entertaining. Now, I will say, like, as awful as the record is, they are an entertaining team to watch because they don't ever quit. So they could come back and win a game. They just don't fold. So that became something that they've kind of latched onto is they're a hardworking group that's going to try and win regardless of what the score is at. So there's that. Now going into the draft, this is a franchise-defining draft for them, no question, whenever that draft may be. Mm -hmm. They have three first-round picks. And as it stands right now, as you know, they're 30th, so they've got – they sit second and third overall in the lottery, uh, and plus they have the Islanders pick. And then they've got – I think it's nine picks in the first three rounds coming up. Wow. So depending on what – and obviously all these players can't play, so they're going to have to package some of these picks up to try and bring in – players they need and they do need a number one center there's no question in fact they're weak down the middle throughout the lineups they've got to change that in order to be competitive because the way to win the nhl is you've got to be strong down the middle so if they get by chance win the draft and get alexi lafreniere they also need to find i think a center now they're always say draft the best players and then worry about the positions later which is fine but they've got to go find a number one center at some point now it does bode well the future looks good if all these players they keep trying to tout as, as being high quality NHL players turn out that way. But as everybody knows, that's not always the case. And people that we draft in the first round, you don't always necessarily see them work out. So I think Ottawa's got a few of those. I think they're overselling a few guys. And so I will wait to see in a couple of years where this franchise is at. But this draft, and I came and say June, uh, is going to certainly be one that sets this franchise either up for success or it might hinder it if they'd screw it up. Yeah, yeah, good points. good points for sure. Uh, I mean, you, kind of going back to earlier in this interview, you uh, you said you've obviously gone to Europe and you've been able to cover pretty much every major sporting event, right? Um, how was I haven't it done doing... a Super Bowl? I'd like to do a Super, Not a Super Bowl. Bowl. I think I want to do a Super Bowl. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's three thousand media people. Like, what? I don't understand. Where are you coming from? But um, <laughs> my, I, like, do I want to be in that group? But then you're just one guy in 3,000. Maybe I don't want but to But you could it. be the guy in 3,000. But then you've got to be dressed up in some, like, onesie yeah. or in, <laughs> like, something that's ridiculous to get attention because no one pays attention to anything else. You could just wear, the can like, a Canada flag onesie and, like, how many Canadians play in the NFL? It's a great question. question. I have no idea. I think it's... And I don't, I shouldn't even comment. I think it's 20 or so, but I'm not 100% sure. Hey, but by the way, Kansas City Chief offensive lineman not only is now a Super Bowl champion, but he's a doctor. What? <laughs> he got his doctor's degree uh, while playing. And so he's a certified doctor. So, God, so we don't only just play football. We do everything. Yeah, you That's do. We don't have any doctors that are NHL players, do we? <sighs> No. Do any of the, like Google doctors, of, but no. Can you, can you think <laughs> of any any players in the league that have any other like 
you know how like on the what's the show on HBO that the NFL does the preseason thing the what's it called anyway they do the like where they follow the preseason they pick a team and they force them to oh, be on television yeah, yeah. is that hard knocks no yeah or yeah or that maybe not anyway and they always show these players who are like these like big tough burly guys and then he's like playing the violin or like doing something <laughs> like completely opposite are there any like odd things like that with nhl players that you know of or have seen yeah there's a few my favorite and this is going way back but is uh joe juno he went to rpi and i can never pronounce that school's real name properly but it's he's the brain he, he was actually became a i don't know if it's rocket scientist or but i think it's rocket scientist he was one of those really smart people, engineer. So <laughs> he and his dad would build airplanes and he ended up building an airplane. And so that was always the guy that I thought was perhaps the smartest, but it was back in the day when you cell phones were kind of new and you weren't allowed to obviously have them on planes. And so the flight attendant was like, you need to turn your phone off. He's like, no, I don't. And she's like, yeah, that's the rule. And he's like, it's not going to affect anything. I build airplanes. So <laughs> it was probably tough to argue with him about it. Cause I, I mean, he builds airplanes. So I was always the guy who's like, yeah, you're pretty smart. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I mean, the only other, uh, I guess, I don't know, career that I would say would probably be uh, Matt Duchesne wants to be a country singer. <laughs> yeah. Now, but there's been others. Rick Dudley, yeah. Yeah. when he was playing with Buffalo, recorded an album. Really? True, huh? Yeah. Yeah, uh, here's another little known fact about Rick Dudley. He was a general manager of the Ottawa Senators, traded to Tampa for Rob Zaminer in three exhibition games. So I think he's the only GM to actually be traded in NHL history. So I'm full of useless information. So, uh, <laughs> Tell us more. Lay on some more facts. <laughs> but I don't. I think he's the only. They might be the only, or Dudley's the only guy to record an album. But that might not be right. Jeff Sanderson may have because he had a pretty wild and crazy life. Um, but I, yeah, there's been, well, I mean, a lot of the, like some of the players own bars, you know, like Sean Avery had a bar, yeah. but that was yeah. post like towards the end of his career and, um, Chelios, right. Chelly, like some of the older guys, you know, have like yep. restaurants and businesses and stuff like that. Right. Chris Neal owns, uh, I'm pretty sure he still owns it, or at least he's got his name attached to it is a oil change business. So didn't see that coming. <laughs> did you? Um, no. <laughs> uh, Chris Phillips uh, owned a, started a brewery with uh, like a micro craft brewery, or whatever, became a huge success. And so he and just sold that. But um, Revo, Ryan Reeves has a beer, um, beer company. Yeah. And there's some other, but nothing like super odd. Like, I'm trying to. Well, like the Knights just opened up a restaurant in Vegas. They like collaborated with Wolfgang Puck, I think. Nice. Right? Mm. Yeah. Good to know. That organization does everything right. I haven't Don't seen they? anything it's done wrong yet so far. They yeah. nailed it. I think, yeah. were they one of the first teams during this whole quarantine? I think, or I, I could be wrong, but they were one of the first teams that had all their players get on their phones, record a message, whip out a video and put it on yeah. social media of like, stay home. We love you. We're sorry. Like they are Whoever all they over fired, it. They've nailed it. They, they just seem to have all the right people doing everything in the right spots. And so I've really noticed everything that the seems Vegas has done right down to how they've launched. Um, yeah. it, it just seems to be 
uh, done at first class. So it's way off topic, but I don't. This is good. Let, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to jump in on another since like we're talking about Vegas and starting as a, as a new team. What are your thoughts on Seattle and like how is all that going to play out? I don't know. Do you think they're going to have as big of a like impact on the city as they Vegas are. did? it's pretty tough because Vegas never had a pro team of any sort, right? right? Well, they did have the IHL team a while back. I actually have one of their jerseys for some strange reason. Huh. Um, but um, I don't, it's going to be tough to match the way Vegas and the hoopla that surrounded it, but maybe I'm, I'm so far removed from Seattle and what that vibe is like to understand what it's like in that market. But I, if, I mean, they've waited a long time. They've put in a lot of money and done a lot of things there that, I, it's obviously, I think, going to be a fun time to be there, but I, I, I'd be tough to say that they can do the same as Vegas. When you have that strip in Vegas and all the amenities and all that star power you're allowed to have, it's, boy, it's tough to compete with that. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, Seattle's going to be as big as Vegas was. Um, I mean, you have the Canucks that are also right there, so it's yeah. kind of going to be a little, little wishy-washy, I guess, but... Um, so I'm going to circle back again. I was, I was trying to get to this point. I, I think, I don't know. I don't remember, but do you have any prospects that you like? Oh, uh, Josh Norris is certainly uh high, high on my list. I think he's, uh, I hate to nail them and say, Hey, you're a bonafide all-star, but yep. he looks really good. Um, I think Jacob Bernard Docker, uh, who, if all goes according to plan, should probably be expected to play perhaps this year in the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. uh, he looks really good um, as a guy that you try to pin hopes on or look towards. Um, right. Marcus Holbrook, they weren't expecting to see this year play in the National Hockey League, but Craig Anderson gets hurt and Anders Nielsen gets hurt and mm -hmm. all kinds of things happen. And so he, while his goals against average is high, um, he has certainly, I think, kept – I think half his games or half his wins have been in overtime. He's kept guys, he's kept this team in it or tried to give him a chance to win on a nightly basis. So yeah, um, he looks like he could be now the new number one guy. Um, mm -hmm. They've got a few, there's a few, they, I'm not sold on Logan Brown. Uh, they seem to want to continue to say because he's six foot six and he's, he's got some great hands. I am just not sure he's going to be able to adapt. Maybe he's got great numbers in, in the American hockey league. I just haven't yeah. seen it so far in the, in the NHL that may still come. Um, there's, uh, Drake Batherson and Alex Formanton as wingers who certainly look good. And, and I'm thinking they can make the jump at some point, but yet, um, they're still trying to find their way perhaps, but Ottawa right. certainly seems to have a lot of pieces. There's no chance they're all going to be able to play here in this city. Cause it's, there's just mm -hmm. not enough spots in the roster, obviously. And so how this yeah. all plays out, will be interesting because I, I, at some point they've got to figure out who they need to keep and who they need to move to try and bring in some other players. Right. Yeah. And speaking of, of young players, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Mr. Brady Kachuk? Yeah. And what Kachuk family stories can you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I, so, okay, hold on. Let's go to Brady, the player. So Brady um, is fun. I, he's, he's still a little bit old school, but yet he's brought up in the new school way where he's knows how to condition and, and he, is kind of careful with what he says, but yet he's not overly cautious where he likes to have fun. Mm -hmm. um, I've done some fun interviews with him and he certainly uh, seems a wiser than he is at 20 years old. He's certainly a more yeah. mature person that way. Um, 
but still a kid at heart, still likes to have fun. Uh, I love him on the ice because he's just, I would hate to see, I, if he came to Ottawa, I'd be like, God, that guy's annoying. Why isn't someone just punch his lights out? But yeah. if he's on your team, like a Brad Marchand, you want him on your team because he's fun. And yeah. he annoys people to no end. And he's just like your little annoying brother, but fun to watch. And so <laughs> I think he's going to be a superstar in the, in the NHL when he becomes strong and they can't move him in front of that. So yeah. I look forward to that because it's fun to watch. And he certainly brings it on a nightly basis off the ice. I, I mean, I interviewed Keith Kuchuk playing, and I don't ever remember him being as fun as he is uh, as a dad. So uh, recently they came back. It was the Kuchuk brothers came back for round three, and everybody comes to town with grandparents. And, and I finally met his mom, Chantel, for the first time. And so um, it was our broadcast. It was actually split broadcast. So it was our regional broadcast for Ottawa, and there was also a Calgary regional broadcast. Uh, but it's all, it was on a competing network, Sportsnet. So we've got two competing networks trying to cover the same story. And so I lined up an interview in-game with, Chant- with Chantel, mom, and um, Brady had yet to score in this three-game series. And so I needed to bring her – and this is going to be a long story. I need to bring her halfway around the rink – to my studio spot because I don't have a wireless microphone because I can't afford one. So, um, so she's nervous. She doesn't really want to do the interview. Not that she doesn't want to, she just doesn't want to say the wrong thing. And she's nervous because she's watching her two kids go on the ice and go out at each other. So I totally yeah. understand that as a hockey parent. Now I totally appreciate it. And I hate taking their time away because, um, you want them to enjoy the moment. You don't want to be the annoying guy. That's like, Hey, you're going to miss half a period. Why don't you come talk to me? So, yeah. She, agree, she agrees to come over. But in the meantime, they start talking to me during warm-ups and stuff. And I don't want to be in there because I'm like, no, you should watch. And everybody's there trying. But, but we talk and talk and finally, and I take my earpiece out. So my producer in the truck couldn't talk to me. But in the meantime, I get a phone call. I'm ignoring it. I'm like, there's so much going on. They're trying to yell at me to get out of the camera shot because I'm ruining it for everybody. Because both broadcasts <laughs> are trying to have this shot. And I'm just too busy mucking it up with the parents. And I'm like, I found out later they were like, why weren't you listening to me? I'm like, sorry. So um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, geez, this is going to go well. Anyway, take her over to the interview. And just as we're standing there, Brady scores. Now I'm, so I'm trying to like stick the mic in and like to get her reaction. Like, Wait yeah. a second. And I felt bad because now she's not with her family to see Brady score. And I've, but she was very gracious. She was super nice. I love their family. Uh, she was sweet as can be. Um, and I kind of ruined their moment, but she's like, it was very nice. I was right there to see it right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of a cool yeah. moment, but I kind of ruined that. That's, <laughs> I, I do a lot of those things. I, you guys don't get to see my career unfold, but yeah, I, no, I do a lot of those. Well, hey, I mean, you're, it could have been worse. I mean, she was lucky to at least be yeah. with you and you're watching the game and you're paying attention and, you know, she got yeah, to see no. it. She was very good. Like, there's been a few of those interviews that have been fun to do. And certainly talking to dads now uh, is so much more fun. Um, I got to ch- talk to a couple of first t- first NHL games where the guy has scored. Uh, Max Lajoie scored and got to talk to his parents who were right after who were very emotional. That stuff is really fun. You hate being, you feel like you're being intrusive, but it's so fun to see the reaction and to get that feeling of how cool it is to be in that moment. Um, one of my, like, but there's all kinds of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that obviously people don't see. And so uh, in Philadelphia, 
this is way off topic, but it's the way my world works sometimes is I'm on the bench doing a warm up interview and I have to go now and run from the bench uh, to the elevator to get upstairs to do the opening. And we only do it a few times, but I've got like three minutes. And so I'm running and running and running. And I know you guys don't understand or everybody knows we're Philadelphia, how it's laid out, but I come around a corner and I wipe out. And I've now, and I, yeah, no, it gets better. So I chin, I hit my chin. Now it's great. Now I'm bleeding. Oh. And so and now I'm wet and I'm thinking I'm ripped my suit, but luckily my suit's okay. People are laughing at me. I'm okay. So um, I get upstairs and I remember Jane McLennan, the color analyst goes, what happened? And so I'm trying to put more makeup on, hoping that it's not going to bleed while I do the opening of the show. Um, yeah, those kinds of things happen more often than I care Jeez. to think. But um, I don't know how we get from Brady Kachuk to me wiping out in Philadelphia, but welcome okay. to my world. That's okay. I was, I ended up talking about baseball somehow the other day. So, you know, sometimes the conversation just goes where it goes. What do you yeah. Um, so you've covered how many, no. Okay. So just explain to me like what you get assigned when it comes to Stanley cup finals. So even if the Sens aren't in the playoffs, do you still cover it for the network and do you go to all the games? Like how does that whole thing, thing work and then tell me like uh, after that like maybe what's been the most exciting one you've covered or something you really enjoyed okay so um where do i start it used to be we would cover all of them so if you if if you're on the series you did games one to seven or whatever but recently due to mostly money and now we found it easier uh because of traveling in between cities and there isn't an NHL charter anymore is that we'll leave a reporter in each city and one will try. And then there'll be a third one who will travel with the team the whole time. So on those off days, there's always somebody to get the sound in each city. So okay. nowadays we just stay where, and so for me last year, it was Boston. That was last year, right? It just seems mm -hmm. to go by and I run them all together. Um, I think I've only missed one since like, oh, six kind of thing. And that was uh, Vancouver, Boston. I don't think I did that series. Um, but the first one I did was uh, like, oh, two, somewhere in there. Because Ottawa had lost in the Eastern final in oh, one uh, to New Jersey. And I'd done, there's a funny story here. You know what? I'll tell you the story because we Do like it. to hear stories so we want um, all the stories and it's okay if they're long we this we love the stories so i did um ottawa's first real playoff run that i did was 2001 where they went to the eastern conference final i think it was their first trip there ever they lost in seven games to new jersey um on a uh messed up goal if you will but it doesn't really matter point is every time i talked to bobby holik in the new jersey dressing room they he would score the game winning goal. I think he scored three game winning goals in the Eastern Conference final. And so I told him and he's like, hey, so it became a joke after the first two. And he's like, are you talking to me today? So I talked to him. He ended up scoring. I'm pretty sure it's a serious clinching goal. They all run together now, but I'm, I'm almost certain he scored a serious <laughs> clinching goal. I told him, I'm like, Bobby, I'm not going to the Stanley Cup final. And he's like, what? I was like, I, this is it. I'm done after this. It's I think I did 56. 56 of 58 days, I think I'd covered uh, that playoff run. And anyway, so he's like, what's your number? And I'm like, and he's like, I got to call you. So he would, he called me uh, in the afternoons of the games. And so um, 
Bobby Holik scored, if I'm not mistaken, the Stanley Cup game-winning goal of that year for the New Jersey Devils. So you were oh. his superstition. You yeah. were his yeah. good luck, and Very he bizarre, had to talk yeah. to you. Yeah, I'll never get mentioned in the book, but yeah. So what? funny, <laughs> recently he, we, they had him on the radio here in Ottawa, and Ian Mendez knew that story, and he said, I always wanted to talk to you about Brent Wallace, and he's like, tell him I said hi. And so, um, <laughs> so he does remember, which is nice. Anyway, yeah. Oh my God, that's so awesome. That's, that's so funny. cool. That might be 03. I apologize for my years are wrong, but anyway. Okay. Hey, well, they all they all run together nowadays. When you're my age, they just all run together. <laughs> Go ahead, Brazy. What were you gonna say? I, oh, oh no, oh, I just you asked me a uh, favorite Stanley Cup. Final. Oh yeah, or like a f the favorite one you've covered, or like something crazy. I mean, well, there's I been know. a couple. Um, one would be. Uh, Pittsburgh winning, Max Talbot scored the game seven goal. I think he had two that game. Um, and so whenever there's a game seven, as you know, everybody goes, hey, do you want to be that guy? The questions are always the mm -hmm. same. Like, have you dreamt about it? And he's like, oh, I've played in my hockey in my driveway and I've always the game seven goal, right? So Max Talbot always said, why can't it be me? He said that in the morning. And I always remembered him saying that. So end up scoring the two goals, whatever. And I remember going back to him and just having that chat after I'm like, you know, it was pretty neat how you, and he's like, yeah, like if you want it, you got to believe it. And so uh, that was always a cool one to see him score. Um, uh, the last year's was really good. I thought Boston winning in game seven was a, uh, was a right. Boston won game seven last year. <sighs> yes. No, they lost. No, they lost. Yeah. They lost yeah. to St. Louis. St. Louis, yes. It's okay. They've been in the playoffs yeah. and had a lot of games. No, they. No, I, um, so that was I, a tough game. I didn't even get to watch that game. I was on an airplane that did not have Wi-Fi, and I could not watch the game. I was traveling for work, and I was devastated because oh. I got off the plane. Like, the plane landed, and I immediately put my phone on and flipped into social, and everybody was live streaming on the ice with the blues, and I was like, I hate that I missed this. I had watched every <laughs> other game in that series, and it that, was like, of course. That series was really good, and I apologize for messing that up. I do no, all the time, okay. but I was on the ice at the end, and I have pictures of us standing there with the Stanley Cup. I, I, I was there. Um, but that one was kind of neat because St. Louis had done so much to come back and win, and, and Jake Allen... Uh, who ended up becoming the backup goalie, obviously, for St. Louis, is from Fredericton, where I'm from. And so we knew each other that way. Um, so it was nice to see him um, get a Stanley Cup. Uh, you talked about missing important uh, <laughs> events. Here's mine. Uh-oh. Uh, as you may know, hockey's a big deal in Canada. And so uh, Vancouver hosted the Olympics uh, in 2010. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I did every – I wasn't supposed to cover hockey. I was supposed to cover all the um, Alpine events – up at Whistler. I was supposed to be in Whistler for the, as a reporter, but they were like, we need you as the backup reporter. So you've got a uh, backup anchor. So you've got to move to Vancouver to do Vancouver and you're going to do hockey. I'm like, Oh, all right. In fact, I didn't really want to do it because I cover all those professional hockey players all the time. I was looking forward to talking to amateurs actually about just different things and how different it is when the Olympic, the Olympics is their event, but that's how jaded I am about the NHL apparently. So, um, <laughs> So I'm now covering the entire um, Olympic hockey and it ended up becoming obviously pretty cool. Uh, but they told me the day before, two days before the gold medal game, I knew that Canada was in there like, Brent, we have to send you back to Toronto. You need to anchor sports center the next day after, because we can't get one of the anchors in. And so 
we're sending you back. So I'm flying now during the gold medal game. So I get in the cab in Toronto. I'm like, can you turn on the game, please? And so it's now in the third period. And I, I remember getting to my hotel and sitting in the lobby, watching it. And it went to, and then the intermission and goes overtime. So I go up to my room in between and I sit on the bed. And then I woke up to Chris Cuthbert yelling, Sidney Crosby scores a golden goal. Yeah, I fell asleep. I didn't see it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> what an alarm clock, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Crosby. I could just hear it. Oh, my God. What is yelling? What is going on? I was right. so tired. But, yeah, it was yeah. Anyway, I funny. I mean, your schedule Easy. when you travel and all that, it's – that's grueling, you know. I mean, you're not playing on the ice, but it's still no, just it's as, worse. Cause, yeah, because they get the charter planes right, so they literally just everything is done for the player, right? The bus is there, everything. You don't have to arrange anything. So mm-hmm. uh, when you're traveling, like what year is so? Uh, I think it's 2010, Philadelphia, Chicago Stanley Cup final. If I yes, or is, is that, that 2012? 20... 2012, right? Because that was the year of the lockout. No, that would have been no. Mm, it's that was um, the Rangers. It's yeah, it's 2010. You were right. The 09-10 season. That was the first year so, the Hawks won. 10, yeah. 13, and 15. So there are uh as you 82 games in the schedule, and and then there's the playoffs. I did 24 playoff games, and I don't think any of them were in my city that year. So that one was a really like I lost 14 pounds, I remember, in in that <laughs> year. Um, and so it was, I think it was series was coming back to philadelphia and i asked i'm like can i not cover any more hockey so i I don't i didn't cover like the last game or two games or whatever it was of that series of the cup file yeah i was like i just want to go that's a lot yeah yeah that was so that was one of the biggest grinds but the like europe is all like we do uh if you do a, a world junior or world championship it's like last year was 27 days um I think the most, I think the London Olympics, it was 33 days, something like that. Um, those ones get to be a bit of a grind, but you get into a groove after a while and it feels like it's kind of like home where you, you know, where everything's at. So that, that's kind of neat. Yeah. How is, uh, how's the, the home, you know, family life when you're on the road? You know, it's probably kind of hard, but. <laughs> well, Talk about missing games. Back. Talk I, about missing moments, right? Probably. Oh, I miss my daughter's first steps. And so. <sighs> So my wife tried to play it cool and she was like, she didn't tell me. And she's like, when I saw her walk the first time when I got home, she's like, oh, she walked. And it was, it was like, I don't know. Three days later, she's like, actually, she walked two days beforehand or something. I don't know. So Aww. yeah, I missed that. I used to buy all my kids clothes on the road. In fact, um, yeah, I used to buy, like I was buying like 80% of all my kids clothes. How we got into this, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but uh, you do miss moments, but the biggest thing I found out was when you go away or like playoffs or long trips, when you come back, you mess up everything because for three weeks, they are now in a routine. They now know everything that's going on and who's the voice and how everything gets done. And you show up and you throw a wrench into everything because now it's a different voice and it's different schedules and whatever. So, yeah. so when I, I, I've never had this conversation with anybody before, but I would come back. I would, be cranky and then everybody else would be cranky because of you get you just mess up the entire dynamic and so i had to literally figure out that it was me causing the disruption because of how you're trying to acclimate back into a, a family it, it was it's quite interesting i i had no idea and so it was my wife who pointed it out and then i was like i gotcha uh, <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, that's got to be challenging. And, you know, you want to like, you're tired because like what you've been, it's not like you were on vacation, you know, you're off and working and, and you're exhausted and she's exhausted because she's been dealing with the kids. And yeah, that's a challenge. Yeah. So I miss Mother's Mother's Day is always during the playoffs. And so I missed, I think the first six or seven Mother's Day. So the last or so the next one, whatever it is, number seven, I fly home during the day um and i get on the i fall asleep on the couch on mother's day um <laughs> you have this problem of falling asleep yeah. at a very important moments apparently yeah like do you have any idea how much trouble that can cause a person when you do that yeah so um i've never lived that down but the gifts you get afterwards are pretty good yeah i bet yeah <laughs> you gotta make it up you have no choice that's true. I love yeah, that. Trick. I slept a lot of nights there. Do you? Uh, I was going to say, do you want to talk World Cup of Hockey, or do you want to sure. tell us about that? Tell us about your experience there, and then we'll we'll wrap the, get get towards the end here. I'm trying to remember the world, I do remember uh, going through it, but it was such a different experience because it wasn't Olympics and it wasn't the NHL. And so it was just a different feel, but it was still best on best, but that was, so, um, there's been two, right? Oh, four. And is there, there was no four world cup, right? That was Vinny LeCavalier scored. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. That's the one I remember. So. I'll uh, produce you. Give me a minute. I'll look it one up. I remember a lot because, uh, that was scored in Toronto and it was the first one they had done. And that one was kind of neat to do. Adam so Gray. 96-04-2016. No well, World of Cup of Hockey this year, obviously. No, there'd be no World Cup of Hockey of any hockey. Exactly. Yeah, I think <laughs> we're in for a long haul. But um, 04 was fun because Adam Graves was my uh, color analyst, if you will, or my analyst throughout that. And, 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 I, and I didn't really know him that well. Um, and we got to know each other pretty well. And so we've become friends and still to this day, we still chat a bit whenever I go to New York, whatever, and he's around, we have a chat. So um, that one was really good for me. And the players, that was a really cool tournament just based on who the players were. The 2016, uh, I do remember, you know, covering it, but it didn't really seem to have the same excitement level to me because probably uh, of the Olympics that have been on in 2010, and it's tough to match what happened in 2010 in Vancouver with a, a world cup of hockey uh and even in uh so 2014 the olympics um oh yeah how does russia the right sochi olympics, like right the, they're on the even with us now on the world cup and so I, I it was good it just they just don't do it for me compared to an olympic event i guess yeah yeah makes sense well, have you, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back again. Have you ever been to a cup party, a Stanley Cup party? Mm. Or are you allowed to tell us? You're yeah. not allowed to tell us. All right, that's fine. That's fair. I have been around the Stanley Cup. Okay. Uh, I actually took the Stanley Cup to, um, I think it's at Mandalay Bay. There was a bar there called Minus Five. Uh, okay. Ice bar. And yeah. so, um there was one day where they wanted to promote the, uh, the awards were coming to Vegas in 2010 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with a, a couple of guys from the hockey hall of fame, Mike Bolt, uh, being one of them, uh, we took a limo everywhere. We had the Stanley cup and we had 
I think it was the Art Ross and the Selkie and maybe the Norris or some. We had some other trope. We're treating like rock stars for a day. So yeah. we took them into this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on, <laughs> sipping out of an ice mug kind of thing. Pimp daddy style. That uh, that picture ended up on the wall there for a couple of years. Anyway, um, we took it to a, a pool bar where they're being waxed or whatever. And then uh, we went to Love, the uh, Cirque du Soleil show Love, where we uh, took the Stanley Cup out back and mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of the Cirque du Soleil members are Canadians and they knew that um, the Stanley Cup was coming. So they all had jerseys on. So they're all fawning over the Stanley Cup. It actually, yeah. I've never seen a reaction to anything like there is with the Stanley Cup being around. It, it actually is pretty neat. So um, yeah. that's one of my fun moments with the Stanley Cup. There have been other times uh, I have seen it out uh, uh -huh. at night. Um, we'll leave it. At, we'll leave it at not, that. We don't want to make you dance. It sparkles yeah. at night, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's oh, good. That's funny. I have that not, is too funny. I've not partied with the cup. Breezy, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I was right next to it on the red carpet with, with you, like at the awards, but which was pretty cool um, and really hard not to want to like lean over the, the rope and just touch it. But I am a believer in that, like, I am not allowed to touch the cup unless my team has won it because it's ah. such a highly deserved thing. So, yeah. I, But I'm not winning it. So I know, but still, like, what about the superstition for my team? But what effect do you have on the team? I clearly think I have an effect on the team, <laughs> as does every other fan of any, any, any so, team. Like, They're like, same with the conference final trophies. What difference does it make if the player picks it up or doesn't pick it up? There's been a study done, and it doesn't matter. We'll tell that to your buddy Sydney because he clearly believes in superstitions. <laughs> I think I think Sydney's pretty superstitious that way. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like there's like everybody has their superstition. Like I think, you know, people believe in like not wearing washing their jersey if they're at home watching the game and their team plays. Like, I don't know, explain this. We think we have some sort of stake in the game. It gives us a stake in the game, maybe that's, that's fair. What it is. But it's also crazy, but it's fair. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. I'll take that. But I would, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I can't live with that on my head for whatever reason, for whatever. What, what if it's an air popper Stanley cup popcorn maker? Can you pick that thing up? Yeah. Come okay. on. Come on. I just wanted to know. Yeah. I would touch that a fake cup. Sure. No problem. <laughs> well, there, so, all right. There's two Stanley cups, right? Mm -hmm. So would you touch one? if it's the one that isn't the one at the Hockey Hall of Fame? Not touching it, not touching it. Not unless it. the Blackhawks win, am I touching it? Oh. I'm, I'm I going with it. I touched the backup one. Uh, see, see. Breezy's I, I got it. you for that. <laughs> Breezy, <laughs> you've, never, you've never partied with the cup though, right? Um, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I haven't, no. Oh, are no. you like? <laughs> Do you have a I was, story no, you can't share? No. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I have, no, just kidding. Um, no, I I think, I mean, I, I obviously saw the cup when, when I was out here in LA, but I never got close to it. Um, I saw it from a distance, but yeah, I've never partied with the cup. It'd be fun. I'd love to. If someone wants to invite me, I'd be down. <laughs> pa pass the word around, Brent. Let everyone know. you know. To uh, yeah. invite breezy and i'll come but i won't touch it i'll be right. I, i'll come for you know the atmosphere 
I feel like it'd be fun to uh, to drink some beer out of it. I would probably do that, but yeah. 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 All right. We ask everybody these questions, so you're subject to this, Brent. Uh, who's your favorite hockey hunk? Ah, uh, is there like, pardon? Like hunk, like who do you think is like the, the hunkiest of the guys? We ask guys and girls these questions. So we, we've had, you know, like Fisher or, you know, Sid, I don't know. Who, who's your favorite hockey hunk? Uh, okay, so before I answer this, I've never given this any thought. Um, so I don't have a quite an answer prepared. Uh, okay. It could be off looks, it could be off skill, it could be a combination of both, whatever you think. Mike Fisher, I have no idea. Yeah, he's, he's a good one. He's a good looking one. I mind a lot of pictures taken of him, so I'm gonna go with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, mine is Sharpie. I have you know, you could be oh sure, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, Sharpie's just yeah. gorgeous. And Breezy's is Yossi. So yep. you know. I re- he's a really good dude. I really like Roman Yossi. Yeah, he's a good guy. He, Never met him, hopefully. Deserves, and I'm not a big fan of uh handing out longevity trophies but he should have won a norris trophy already yep anyway. yeah i agree this year hopefully he'll uh well i'm be, hoping that people uh, haven't paid attention to the john carlson stuff at the beginning of the year and watched a full body of work but yeah <laughs> i'm not getting into the voting because it'll just bother me all right yeah it's not and what about uh <laughs> favorite uh hockey lady like it can be a for the love of god rachel um <laughs> I told you we ask everybody these questions. You can also say no comment. I mean, by all means. No, wait, wait. See, there's been so Ottawa's had a couple of like celebrity girlfriends. So perfect. Carrie Fisher, uh, sorry, Carrie Underwood. Um, there was Carol Alt, who is a supermodel that Alexi Yashin has is still married to. Um, Mike Comrie and um, Hillary, Hillary Hillary Duff, right? Duff, right. Uh, then mm-hmm. there's Dion Phaneuf married to Alicia Cuthbert. So, um, That's right. and I think there's another one, but it's been, uh, huh. yeah, no, Ottawa for some reason has had its fair share. So I'm going to pick, I, I guess the easy one, because I, I feel like I'm on the spot. I'm going to go with Carrie Underwood. Do it. It's just supposed to be fun. This yeah, isn't no, supposed to be I like. I feel like there's one there that I'm missing that should be. And now I, I, I don't know what the answer is. And do you have a favorite? Who do you have a favorite favorite team? We were talking a little bit prior to no. uh, on air, and you don't have a favorite team. You follow players that you really like. So. And your your favorite. I grew, arena I, well, I grew up an team. Islander fan. Um, all my stuffed animals were named after the Islanders. My big blue dog was Billy <laughs> Smith. Um, I had a little baseball manager, so that had to be Al Arbor. Um, so. I, I did have a bunch of, I had a bunch of Islanders. And of course there was a Brent Sutter on the team. How exciting at the same name. Oh uh, my God. So it, yeah. And I love Mike. I hated Wayne Gretzky, uh, despite the fact there's a picture here of his last game in Ottawa. Um, <laughs> but I, I hated Wayne Gretzky when he played because the Islanders and them would always battle it out. So I never appreciated Wayne Gretzky, but love Mike Bossy. So I grew up an Islander fan. I, I could care less now who wins, but there are always people that I will, cheer for excuse me on a daily basis and they don't have to play for um the senators by far like james reimer and i became buddies um if we had more time i'd tell you a good james reimer story but um just there's lots of people throughout the league as players come and go through ottawa you see them on different teams 
but I'll, I'll cheer for players. I could care less who wins. Awesome. Well, thanks. I think that's it. Breezy, you good? Any last burning questions? I don't think so. I think I'm good. It's is, uh, this has been fun, great stories, and I've enjoyed it. Epic Thanks. stories. Thank you for sharing. So we covered so much. Thank you for taking the time to give everybody a glimpse into your life and what it's like being on the road and being with a team in that way and, and all the stuff you've experienced. So thank you, Brent. You're welcome. It's fun. Anytime. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.